What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I am very excited about our guest today. Uh, joining us, uh, uh, the VFX uh, AI master, Mr. Nathan Shipley. What's up, Matt? And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, grievances, queries, artist suggestions. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, MoGraph.com. Noob or expert? Doesn't matter. Send them in like this one here. Uh, this is a question uh, I wanted to ask you. I've been getting questions a lot about 3090. So uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you if you knew any reliable sources like a website or phone app to buy an RTX 3090 in the UK. I know we've been yeah. talking about using Hotstock. Yeah, I don't know US. if Hotstock works in the UK. I don't. I don't think it probably does. But if anybody knows of one, put mm-hmm. the call out there. Um, also, is this a good moment to buy one? Now, this is the question that's been coming in. Uh, got some Instagram. Two questions months ago about would have been a well. good time to buy them. <laughs> well, <laughs> or at least in the U.S. because now the tariffs are hitting. It's going to be more. The thing expensive. is, it's a good moment to buy one when you can get one at a decent price. If you want one so bad <clears throat> that you're willing to spend the extra thousand dollars on it yeah. or whatever, feel free. But we have found them at the Founders Editions, the regular mm-hmm. prices, by just waiting. Yep. And so that's my advice. If you don't have to have one today, just hold that. save yourself a thousand bucks. You're ha- you're two thirds to a second thirty ninety if you do that. Right. If you're saving that thousand bucks, right? I've heard about people so. watching New Eggs Twitter also, and sometimes they'll they'll announce when they're going to release some, and you can hop on them that way. Yeah. Cool. Cool. They're that's hard cool. To find. They haven't released them lately because we've been watching no, and there's been, been no watching. nothing. <laughs> We're ready to pick <laughs> them up too. I mean, we yeah. we we bought a 3060 Ti the other day and we ended up flipping it for 400 bucks. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. it was we, we were, were planning on it, using but... it. We weren't buying it just so that we could flip it, you know. But uh yeah. We changed we, our minds. We changed our mind. We're going to go all 3090s. Yeah. Right. And then I was like, "All right, let's go ahead and sell this." And I literally I sold it in 25 minutes. Wow. <clears throat> yeah it's pretty nice yeah. <clears throat> you, uh, you can tell that's the thing everybody's buying them to flip them mm-hmm. so or to well mine not cryptocurrency <laughs> right now yeah, mining yeah. Too. that's ridiculously high thanks elon musk right right <clears throat> yeah so i mean honestly uh yeah we'll be looking for that uk version but just whenever whenever you need one that bad mm-hmm. For that price is when you buy one, you know. I, I would wait. I think you get it the regular price on the on the reg pretty soon. Yeah, you know. If you're not in our Slack channel as well, up. come join yeah. the Slack channel. Send us an uh, send us a request. Um, info at mograph.com and we'll get you hooked up. I read yeah. them basically the second they come in and send. I, I yeah, I'm in charge of that. <clears throat> and then yeah. join our hardware channel because we all talk 3090s and when they're out and stuff like that. I can't even I can't even try to add people to our Slack channel when they request. Yeah, because, because I'm you've so already fast gotten at it. to it. Yeah. yeah, like literally, I check my email on my phone like every five minutes. It's just habit, you know, pulling out my phone and checking my email and my text messages and stuff. And then because I've got so many text message chains now with groups of people that I have oh, notifications I turned off, 
you know me too like so I, yeah. i'm constantly checking it to make sure you know i haven't missed out on any conversation you know and then Group i get all the notifications the from slack every notification <laughs> yeah from all thousand members of our slack channel you know oh my god so <clears throat> yeah it's just um, easy yeah week week wrap up real quick i did want to mention uh to join us thursday night yes. 8 p.m <clears throat> central time 6 p.m if you are in in cali where most of these people are but uh join us on thursday night for the uh creating the unreal winbush student showcase we're going to be talking to artists who have taken the course and they're going to be showing off what they've been working on Mm -hmm. Uh, last week we showed something from john jags knee yeah now here's the deal um released as of today and there's (laughs) winbush in the chat what up what up what up released today is his new chapter in the course which uh it jama was was uh gracious enough to let us use this night pack uh, to offer as a free download that you get with this chapter and uh, discount codes on all products. Uh, if you if you are already a student, you go to that chapter and you can go to this page to uh, uh, get your discount code. It basically mm-hmm. goes to us and we approve it because you know how discount codes are. You got to yeah. you got to lock those in. You got to keep those on lock. So, right. Uh, you do get that discount code on all the rest of uh, the, the products on his Gumroad. But the new chapter shows how to do stuff with these little knights. There's some really cool looking knights. So yeah, it's uh, high quality stuff too. Yeah. So I put together a little promo piece for uh, for this new Has chapter. Has seen You'll, this yet? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I sent it to him last <laughs> night. It, it was on Instagram stories. It's going to be posted on our other social later today. <clears throat> but you'll see it here. Let me give it a play real quick. As long predicted by prophecy, the chosen one speaks. What up, what up? Love it. I spent way too much time working on that yeah. this weekend. <laughs> I, it, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, you start out, you're like, oh, I'll just do this little thing for fun. And then like 24 <clears throat> hours later, you're like... Man, this is supposed to be like a real quick thing, <laughs> but I had fun doing it. It was fun. To, those packs are beautiful, yeah. first of all. But yeah. Um, yeah, make sure you check us out on Thursday and uh, come hang out, especially if you're new, if you want to hear a little bit more about what people are actually doing with Unreal uh, mm-hmm. in motion graphics. If you haven't gotten into it yet, check us out. And then Many Hues of MoGraph Part 3 will be the following Thursday. So don't forget about that. Make sure you check <clears throat> out the other stuff on our site, uh, <coughs> like the the uh, Houdini. Stop being afraid of Houdini, uh, which we're going to be doing some upgrades to that as well pretty soon. So <clears throat> keep an eye on that. And then we got a new article called "Using 3D to uh, Set Renaissance Art in Motion." <clears throat> so if you have not seen this this piece, man, it it is so good. It it was. It, it looks like a Renaissance painting, and uh, this is a music video that was shot, like by taking, uh, uh, like Unreal captures, bringing them into 3D, doing cloth sims, all that. And what I what I love are the the cloth sims in this video. I'm going to mute it and bring it up on the screen here, so you can actually see what I'm talking about if you're watching live. And um, just 
the the extent they went to 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 really lock in these dance moves and it's so clean and the 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 cloth is just so good in this the cloth sims and i watched this at first and i'm like wait is this real because there's kind of a style a style to it that's applied to it kind of looks like film and i'm like are these real people with with this look on them or is this cg with this look right because it's really hard to tell but man, like this piece, you got to go check it out. So we got a whole article on MoGraph.com about that. Check that out. And uh, yeah. Yeah. You're stepping Loving on these, our side, These by the articles. Way, on the audio. Oh, man. Yeah, I hear that too. I never figured this out. Yeah. So I'll Garbly. fix it for you guys. <clears throat> Any yeah, better the, now? The, the people don't hear him. It's just yeah. us. Got it's it. Yeah, it's just us. You can hear me now, right? I'm better mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good, good. All right, so <clears throat> good segue, good segue. Yeah. So you got you got me out of that, right? Yeah. Uh, and real quick, I did want to go to Ravcock. What's your flavor? What's your flavor? And um, I haven't heard too much going on in the render scene lately, but uh, maybe you have something. Octane twenty twenty dot two is out officially. Stable version it is. is out. Yeah, it is. Have yeah. you tried it yet? I have. I haven't. Uh, but it's got uh, uh, it's got the um, what should we call it? Workflow. Forgot what it's called. <clears throat> I don't know. All the render passes. Aces? No, not aces. No. It's the other thing. The other A word, I believe. Oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Look it up. All right. Well, <laughs> you look that up, and I'm going to talk about render <clears throat> is doing uh, an online crypto art class. Mm, yeah. So there's a whole Twitter thread that goes through the whole thing. I don't. I think it stems from an AMA with somebody from last October. Mm-hmm. And um, AOV. The AOV passes. Oh, the AOV and open passes. color IO. Yeah, you know, and uh, they've also got the yeah. light manager, which uh, uh, Ahmet's been working on. Oh, you know, is that so in the Cinema 4D? In there, but it's not. It's not fully up from what I understand. Oh, man. I so that's try still that. a work in progress. But the AOV passes and the open color IO are like good to go. They're solid. And I have doing. I've been doing so much with doing like, you know, ex- light exclusions lately, mm-hmm. and I would love that manager right now because yeah. it gets so complicated. Remember, okay, you got to go to the octane tag, and then you got to you got to remember give that which the right one properties is turned off and on and stuff. Yeah, for it's, each it's one, awful. and yeah, I mean, if if too many things are off, certain things turn black because yeah. they don't have any lights. It's, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So let's talk to Nathan now. About yes. stuff and things that yeah. he's done. Um, first of all, let's start from the very beginning because yes. we have not met you in person before. It's COVID times. We're right. meeting our new yeah. friends on the internet now. <laughs> the and- the first time I I, I I think I had seen your stuff around, but what I, I instantly started following you when you started doing the Beeple AI stuff. Oh, cool. I was I was in Denver with Mike. And he was like, "Dude, you got to check this thing out." You know, and he shows Bro. me. I was like, oh, oh man, I that's an instant follow right there. That's you awesome. But well, was... I've been like, as cool as that was, I think the stuff that you're doing now is absolutely incredible. Yeah, cool. Thank so, you. But Thank how you. did you get to this point? Yeah, so yeah. that's. I mean, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I come from a from a MoGraph background. I've been, you know, doing After Effects since like 2003 I think 
Um, and I do 3D and Maya, but I've always been, you know, a little bit more on the technical side. I will be writing scripts and stuff mm-hmm. and expressions to do things. Um, and my my last title before my current job was technical director with a group of about 10 animators that I worked with. And so I did animation and I did, you know, 3D and rendering, but it would always be projects that kind of lean a little bit more on the nerd side, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm at an advertising agency which has a relationship with the Salvador Dali Museum. And yeah, so I had yeah. been, my kind of gateway into all of this was playing around with some early deepfake code, actually, where I had, you know, scraped some of that, that code from GitHub and we were playing around with it to mm-hmm. for a project that ended up being where we recreated Salvador Dali to be at the Dali Museum. So you can go to yeah. the museum, he talks to you about his art. And it, it was this kind of crazy learning curve to get to the point where you're basically running these Python scripts in the terminal, and it's a very different workflow from what a lot of people are used to. But it it kind of made me aware of all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then I saw the things that people started doing with GANs. Um, mm-hmm. So What's generative. GANs? So that is a kind of a yeah. AI architecture, G A N. So a generative adversarial network. Um, okay. And yeah, it gets it gets pretty pretty nerdy in a hurry, but. <laughs> this this particular um, kind of network, one of the things that it can do is sort of replicate things that it has seen, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so I saw some some results, people, kind of academics were posting with this, and it was like, oh my God, how did they do that? What mm-hmm. is this thing? Um, mm-hmm. And so I started trying to read and to understand, and I ended up going to, I got the boss to send me to a conference, actually, to... A, th- a thing at MIT called Ganocracy. <laughs> and uh, oh, nice. I was, you know, <laughs> learning more about all this stuff. And I finally, like, had enough understanding where I could try it. And so what you do is sort of build, like, a data set of things that you want the AI to learn from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ones that they had published initially, NVIDIA released this code for this particular network that's called StyleGAN. They did it with faces. So okay. if you've ever yeah. been to the website... Is that the one where they had, like, they took a whole bunch of faces and then they just made random faces from it? And yeah. And they said, none of these people are actually real? Exactly, yeah. This okay. person does yeah. not exist.com mm-hmm. is all NVIDIA's StyleGAN <laughs> people. That's cool. From a data set of Flickr, basically. They scraped Flickr for, like, <clears throat> 70,000 images. Um, but you don't have to show it people. You could show it you know, cats or cars or dogs. Uh-huh. And so the kind of things that they did. People artwork. Exactly. Yeah. So that's when I was yeah. like, well, what if we scrape Beeple's Instagram and throw that in there? And and so I did. And then it started to just make this beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. That And so I, I kept, like, tagging him in my posts. And it must have been <laughs> when you guys were talking to him because I yeah. remember flipping out when he, like, messaged me. And I was like, oh, my God, people just saw this thing. And he's like, what is this? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was kind of the beginning of doing this generative work, which has led me, you know, further down this path into doing these face recreations that I'm doing right now. What, so is, how, how does it work? Like how, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, what is the process in a nutshell, uh, of, of getting to this, but like, how are you feeding yeah. this? And like, are so there parameters? Like, like, and, like, what is the, and you're saying you're feeding like people's Instagram. Are you just, putting a link in there and saying, all right, do this. And it takes three seconds or does it take time in Forming order to like, you know, uh, uh, curation. Yeah. yeah. In, in order to like analyze every frame. Yeah. So these are great questions mm-hmm. and, um, it's, it's not a link, but I'll actually create a data set of images. So I scraped his Instagram and saved everything as gotcha. an image. Um, 
And then essentially what you, you end up with sort of a folder of files. And what it will do is it, it kind of looks at all of these and learns what makes them similar and different and all the things that make them what they are. Mm-hmm. And it takes what it's learned and puts it into a, a thing called a model of this neural network, which is a, a file that's like 380 megs. And inside this 380 megabyte file are all of the different settings for all of the neurons in the network that can make the art like what you're playing right now. Um, mm-hmm. So wow. it's it's there are a bunch of parameters. There are a bunch of controls. There's kind of a whole new language of stuff to learn to to get to where you can kind of play with this more effectively i suppose um yeah but uh yeah it's 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 kind of amazing to take something like this and then you're just generating more stuff that kind of feels like something you know that people could have made right yeah you know people are doing it with all sorts of different data sets it's kind of fascinating to see what things people will collect and put together the quality of the images that you put in matters um if right. they're all similar enough, then you'll start to make new things. Like the faces that when they did that, they're all aligned. So the eyes and the mouths and are all centered up at the exact same part. So it starts mm-hmm. to generalize what a human face looks like in these different levels of detail um, that go through the neural network. And so the Man, I could just put this on like all days, right? like hours of this, right? This is, just throw it on in yeah, the background, yeah. Stare and at that it. thing with you're some, playing, with some Seeger Ross or something, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> let's make it real moody. The uh, the thing that you're playing is a two hour loop, but it's it's actually it could be infinite, right? That that's what's sort yeah. of kind of hard to even understand. I think of like we could just let that keep going, and I actually have built yeah. a live player where it'll take one of these. Um, it's like potentially for a client project, so I haven't released it yet, but mm-hmm. um, where it would just take one of these models that you build and then just in real time generate output that would go on forever and never repeat of Man. of whatever it's learned from. Wow. That's a crypto art idea right there. I right? don't know how you would do it, but, you know, just never ends. And the the cool part is, like, if you could find some sort of player that would play it, mm-hmm. you know, like, Kind of mm-hmm. like the one that uh, Mike is doing for his pieces, which are shipping, by the way. Yeah. I saw it's mine exciting. in the picture. I circled yeah. it. I, like, literally, <laughs> mine was in the photo. Uh, but if you, <clears> could, <throat> if you could have a player like that, and it's continuously feeding the, I guess, AI footprint of a certain Instagram account or artist or something, that would be really mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Million dollar idea right there. there. You go. Take it. <laughs> Everybody take it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, I think a lot of people want to know, cool, how do I do that? How do I right, play with right, this? Right, right, right. Um, yes. And, you know, on one level, some of the stuff that I'm doing is very much like I've got a text editor messing with Python code and like TensorFlow networks and stuff that's just like kind of takes a while to get to the point where that's easy enough to do. But um, if you guys have seen, oh, I'm going to blank on the name. Um, Runway ML. Um, so the corridor guys were just talking about it um, on one of their videos where they've got like a kind of like an auto green screen thing. It'll cut somebody out or do roto work based on just video. You can kind of like mm-hmm. it's like a really souped up roto brush, basically, okay. that's based on a machine learning thing. So Runway ML is some software that you can run either on the cloud or on your uh... desktop. And it lets you play with all of these algorithms um, just 
without having to do all of the complicated Python stuff. So yeah, actually the thing you're showing right now, that was a StyleGAN network that's making bugs. Um, and we're, they're showing, huh. um, there was another one with um, the green screen wow. thing. So it's, it's, it's sort of crazy that this actually makes it easy-ish to play with these things. You don't have to go through all the complicated installing the right dependencies for the CUDA library and the version of TensorFlow right. that gets like... <laughs> to the part where people get frustrated. Um, but yeah, check out Runway ML if you want to if you want to play with wow. these sorts of things and it's it's basically this software is kind of a general architecture where people can add any kind of different machine learning tool to it. So it's not just StyleGAN, it's not just this green screen thing. It's a kind of a place where there can be all sorts of different algorithms. I'm putting this in the show notes as well. Yeah, so we'll I, I like I, I literally just sent some stuff off to Roto, and now I was I'm looking say. at this, and I'm like, Ooh, did can I we, have to do try that? It? First? Save some can money for it. Check, <laughs> check her jabs. Check out the check out the quarter video. They just they just posted one, um, and you know at the end, one of the guys is kind of going on about how crazy AI and machine learning is going to be for all of the work that we do all the time, and I'm. Uh-huh. chatting my coworkers, and I was like, he sounds like me going on about this. This is crazy. Like, you guys don't understand. No, 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 no. So, yeah. You're you're that meme of uh, the guy from Always Sunny like, with <laughs> yeah, all the, the strings attached yeah. and yeah. cigarette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. I'll, I'll also put the uh, this person does not exist dot com into the show notes as well. So is this all it, it is? Is it just it's a different person every time? Yeah. So wow. this thing is these people are totally generated by StyleGAN trained on the Flickr Faces HQ data set is what it's called. Um, And so this is kind of like the most basic level at which you could use this stuff to just like throw some random numbers into it and it's going to make a face. Um, Throw some other random numbers and it makes a different face. And sometimes they're kind of messed up like that one you've got up there right now with some weird... But, but, like, can you use this for something? Like, if you need a a picture of someone for something... Yeah, I mean, if they're just randomly creating it, can you just... Right click, save as, and no one so, will yeah, ever know because you're never going to hit that one ever again. There was an article um, about, I think it was like an actual spy that used one of these images as like a profile picture on LinkedIn or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and I've seen also um, a, a stock image company <laughs> that generates Weird. people. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can, you just have, you know, an infinite amount of people. And like, that, that's one level of it, right? But then beyond that, if you want to go into... Whoa, we got this scary-looking guy. Yeah, that I was know. <laughs> You get some really scary accidents in there. Yeah. But what gets really interesting is then when you start to mix the different layers of it together to change the attributes of the face. So we could uh-huh. take that same face and then make that person be smiling or you know change their yeah. skin color or change the lighting. And it all just looks realistic. Mm-hmm. Um so this is like some of these tools are starting to come into Photoshop and the, that kind of new beta machine learning section they've got of the effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to start to see more and more of it in accessible tools. Um, so yeah. Style that is unbelievable. That is I mean, some of these crazy. are just, they're perfect. Like you don't see any weirdness in them. Yeah. Some of them that you do. So but. let me ask you this, like to say you wanted to create a, another person GAN. Mm-hmm. Like a you know a Beeple Gan you know you wanted to do another artist right? Mm-hmm. How how long it, like if you've already built the uh, the the groundwork for it, how long would it take you to reproduce something like that? 
you Good know. question. Yeah. So to reproduce one with a different artist, essentially, there's kind of the training time is the main thing that you have to figure into all of this. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. training the the faces one from scratch, for example, I think took them, you know, like weeks of time on these you know, crazy GPU rigs that have eight V one hundreds and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the Beeple one, I think I did, that was about a week worth of training. Really? Um, yeah. And is that wow. constantly running? Yeah, it's constantly running, wow. but I know, I understand more about how it works now. And a lot of times, instead of starting from scratch, what you can do is you take an existing network and then you do what's called transfer learning. So we start from, you know, the faces network or the one that makes art, and say, now we're just going to show it people. And it can actually very quickly learn to to make something new without okay. having it. It's starting completely from scratch when it doesn't even know how to make an image at all is what takes mm-hmm. a long time for it to kind of build up. So, um, yeah, I've, I'm able to... I, I do most of this work on a Google Cloud uh, platform thing, like a virtual machine online now that mm-hmm. has four GPUs. Um, and it'll be, you know, usually a few hours of training before you start to get something where you're like, oh, okay, cool. That, that kind of looks yeah. like the thing. And then you let it go a yeah, little further bad. and it'll get, get more refined and you can, you know, tweak the settings and all that. But you have that starting point for certain pieces of it. So you're forking out every time you start, I guess. Yeah. And I you, think that's part of, point. that's kind of part of the art of it and the the process too is kind of creating things as you go and and you know saving this and then knowing okay cool we've got i've built one with wiki art and another one with people and so i could start from people show it something else but there's also mm-hmm. tools that let you blend the networks together so we could like take a mix of people and something else and then you get this sort of weird thing in the middle that sort of looks like one sort of looks like the other is, is that how they got the like the the very first time we had ever heard of this or I had ever heard of this was like the Google deep learning stuff mm-hmm. with like, it was like, it was like weird eyeballs and like animals and super weird trippy colors and stuff like that. Oh, are you thinking of oh. deep dream? Deep dream. Deep dream. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So this is like a, a, a different kind of neural network, but in the sense that it's, it's also AI machine learning technology. Yes. That was some of the first stuff that, mm-hmm. that people got excited about with this. And that one, you know, aesthetically, I never loved that one. I was like, I just, I'm not that into fractals. Um, mm-hmm. But, you yeah. know, the, the, the technology is really fascinating, that it's kind of generating one image, and then it's, it's saying, okay, what does that look like based on what I know? And then it, it takes the answer to that question and shows it again and again and again, and you get this recursive yeah. thing where it sort of interprets itself and loops mm-hmm. and does this crazy fractal stuff. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of early days of this deep dream. Mm. Setting up the the Google stuff, though, for, like, calculating all of that, how difficult is that to spin up a server and and get it ready to do that? Is there a lot of installation? Can you do uh, clones of servers? Like, what's the the process? the, The process is, like arduous enough that it's not very straightforward um you definitely to to use it at that level you need to be really comfortable with linux and installing packages Mm -hmm. and um not me no yeah (laughs) yeah um but that said this is kind of where um runway ml comes in because i think you can actually do your own training on there Mm -hmm. um and then the Mm -hmm. other thing you'll see people posting links to as you start to kind of follow these are uh, a service that google has called collaboratory 
So you'll see like Google Colab link to this thing, for example. Um, mm. And essentially it's like, it's, uh, it lets you use a server with a GPU and run Python code on it. And so people mm-hmm. will say like, okay, here's a way that you can play with our network on Colab. And so you kind of like, it looks, it looks kind of technical, but it's not actually that complicated where you just kind of press play on these cells and it runs mm-hmm. that code. Um, and so I don't know. I think I've actually seen that there are some StyleGAN training collabs out there. There's a guy named Derek Schultz um, who's does these classes about using machine learning for you know image making and creativity. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he releases a bunch of them on YouTube. I think his channel is called Bust Bright. Um, so if you're interested in checking some of this stuff out and want to kind of dive into it, I would highly recommend checking that out. That'd be a good one for the notes, I'd say. Because it's actually like somebody who's, it's technical, but he explains it in a way that you can follow in kind of a class format. Um, and he right. talks a lot about doing it on Colab, which can be free, actually, to start with. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, talk to me about the the artwork ones that you've been doing lately. Yeah. Because yeah. these ones, like, I showed my wife the other night, and I was like, I'm so excited to have this guy <laughs> on, because I want to talk about this. This is... Uh, to me this is so cool because when you look at some of this old you know renaissance or whatever artwork mm-hmm. you know you're like that doesn't look like a person right. <laughs> you know right. it's right. like this artist must not have been technical enough in order to really capture this person's details right. but then you put it in the ai and it creates an actual person and you're like oh, okay that looks like an actual person right yeah right yeah yeah, so this is um, this is all built around StyleGAN also. Mm-hmm. And in particular, mm-hmm. this data set of Flickr Faces HQ. So, you know, if you're, if you're in the chat right now, you see that we've got the painting of Mona Lisa up, but then we switch it and it's, it looks just like a photo of her. Kind of right. squinty-eyed and a little weird, but it's like, it looks like the same person and then just a right, photo right. of that person. Um, so... What this is doing is kind of one of the more like advanced things we can do with this network, right? Like we could do the whole like starting off, throw some random numbers in, you get a random face. But mm-hmm. one of the things that's interesting to do is to start with an existing image and try to find that person inside a particular model. So right. mm-hmm. you could take a photo. We could take a photo of Dave and be like, all right, find me the closest person that looks like Dave inside the Flickr Faces HQ StyleGAN model. And it does that by kind of randomly looking at the different features of things that make your nose look like what it looks like or your hair or whatever. Um, and it'll, it'll tune all of these values to something that looks kind of like you. And then you'll just get the photo out. But instead of, if, if instead of showing it a photo of you, we show a painting of you um, and then ask it to create a photo from that painting, it's still going to find the structure that it sees in the face from the painting or the drawing, but because it's mm-hmm. only ever seen photos, that's what it knows how to make. It makes a photo. Right. Um, and yeah. so this is, okay. this process is called like encoding an image into, into the, the model. So we encode the painting of Mona Lisa and then it creates a photo that looks like Mona Lisa because it learned from photos. So it makes photos. Yeah. Um, and this one is like, I don't think actually easy to play with online. This is sort of has a little bit of my own like uh, code that I've played with on top of some other code that people have released. And kind of what I've been doing is building um, kind of a library of different face features. Um, that, that one looks, it looks like 
it looks like Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like if you were to show someone, it, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 crazy. That's so crazy to me. It's crazy. If you notice on that Ben Franklin one, it actually added an earring to his ear. Oh, I think. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. Because there's a little dot right yeah. there on yeah. the bill. Yeah. I think it's actually, I think it might be related to the fact that he has long hair. And uh-huh. so when the AI learned oh. what people look like, most of the long hair would be on females with earrings. And so it might that's associate funny. that with, oh, this maybe is a female face, so add an earring. Um, like, it's like, yeah, you look at George Washington, you know, and here it's like, okay. It looks weird, but then, like, as far as the 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 picture of him, but then the actual image of what he looks like, you know, in the AI, it's like, okay, I could see that being a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you Andrew don't Jackson get looks right... a little bit effeminate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you don't, if you don't get the right result, like, mm-hmm. let's say that you you programmed Ben Franklin here, mm-hmm. and then it just doesn't look like Ben Franklin. How hard is it to go back and? fix retrain is it a matter of random seed do you have a random seed at that point or yeah or is it like no this is the set and you're gonna have to backtrack and change some things to get a different output that's a really good question and the the answer is that there is a random seed and it does affect what the output looks like because you know all of this is built on this particular combination of variables from like what it learned from the way i set Mm -hmm. it and what random place it starts from when it's looking um and so one of the things that i've been doing here is like i started to say build that library up of different face attributes for example these ones Mm -hmm. have long hair these ones have darker skin or lighter skin or different colored eyes or different lighting um and so i could find you know, I could take the attributes of like an older looking white guy if I want to try to create my Ben Franklin thing. Now, I actually didn't know how mm-hmm. to do that when I was doing the Ben Franklin ones, because this has been uh-huh. this like ongoing experiment, basically, that I'm kind of sharing as I go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it if you get something that you don't like, um, you can try changing the, the random setting or also you can change the input a little bit, too. I've noticed that you know, having different, like changing the colors a little bit on the image that I feed it in can affect the output. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, or, or cropping in slightly closer or further back can like create different results. It's really bad at doing clothes and hair, for example, um, mm. because the model, this particular one makes faces, you know, so when it tries to make a hat, it just puts hair instead of a hat, um, right. which looks, you know, it looks pretty funny. I'll have to send you guys uh, one of Henry VIII with with this weird hair hat thing that that it made on him. So have yeah. you? You almost uh, need like a separate Instagram account for all the fails, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, that's that a good idea. Great. That's actually pretty <laughs> yeah. solid because there, there there are plenty of them. That, that's a good idea. <laughs> have you AI ha- monsters? Have you tried <laughs> uh, like inputting a picture of yourself and seeing how accurate it's got it? it, it it has gotten yeah it's gonna be a question yeah, yeah. too like like what you know, like, like a blind study to see what your result is on on a random right because just looking met. at paintings you know mm-hmm. maybe they look just like this maybe they don't maybe the artist you know didn't have what they were didn't know what they were doing or like even doing a stylized picture of yourself using photoshop and then inputting that and seeing how accurate it comes out that's a good idea or with people yeah. that we have photos of them right. i think a lot of it yeah. really yeah. comes down to how accurate that painting is to begin with because mm-hmm. you know i've tried mm-hmm. some of like illustrations of of like concept art for the incredibles 
um, where uh-huh. they don't look like actual human proportions, but then it creates these these things that still have the same shape. So, you know, Elastigirl yeah. looks like this really round face that isn't physically plausible, but that's what it yeah. makes. So it's yeah. really dependent on um, the input, right? And I think that's, I'm always trying to, try to be careful to say that I'm not saying this is what Mona Lisa looked like, right? This is right. what Mona Lo- right. Lisa looked like based on this painting that somebody did, which probably right. made right. her look a little, you know, different than what she really was. Um, yeah. 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 <clears throat> the uh you did you did another one where it was it was i think it was similar to the uh you're actually like live drawing and it's updating as it goes mm-hmm. right yeah so that that one um that's i think one of the cooler examples of this and i uh, i worked or i got permission from a couple of character illustrators to use their time lapses that they would record of themselves drawing cool. stuff as the input and so you see the way that the faces evolve when they like change the shape of the lips like the lips change Mm -hmm. in the output of this photo that we're seeing as it goes and so so is it seeing it live no or did you okay so you had to actually run that through first yeah that's an image sequence that i ran through that's the app that like i probably should have been making all this time is like a live version of that because so many so many character artists have reached out and illustrators are like, how do I play with this? I want to play with this thing. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah. it's a whole bunch of stuff and it's really complicated to explain. But- I mean, if you think about it, like even creating that app, like there's so many uses for that. For example, like doing sketches of, oh, 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 here's good. Here's a good. One. Okay, I got it for you. I got it for <laughs> you, right? Okay, so take uh, uh, like crime artists sketches of what they've said and see how close it gets to like the actual like the actual murderer or whatever you know i actually think that's a really good idea the imagine this this tool that they're i mean i think they have things you know for you know john doe sketch artists or Mm -hmm. whatever you know that they can they have some more modern tools to do that stuff but imagine hooking that up to this where you know we could have a little dial to control like the age or the you know, the shape yeah. of the mouth, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. The, or you could just draw it and directly see the output. Um, that would be sweet. Yeah. That would be sweet. Um, Jeff asks, uh, is it possible to have it create 3D meshes or is it just creating 2D? That's a good question. That's a great yeah. question. This particular network is just working with RGB images, but other people are using other ones to create actual 3D meshes. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't... I haven't dived into that too much, but I've I've read some papers. A lot of the stuff that you see will end up just being like these kind of very academic level papers, yeah. like probabilistic modeling of non-manifold geometry. Da, 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 and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> and what what that means is like we made a 3D chair. Look at it. Um, yeah. And, yeah. But what's interesting <laughs> about it is like you know moving beyond the chair models. There's you know artists. There's I've, there's a sculptor named Ben Snell who um, uses a, a GAN to create 3D geometry, and then he actually physically makes the stuff in the, in the real world that the, the 3D mm. generative model produced. So, um, yeah, that's... I mean, I actually just saw one I should look this morning about um, a, a GAN that would be used to do character animation, uh, where mm-hmm. you define, like, a few poses and some bones, and then it can automatically do a walk cycle. It looked kind of, like, messy That's compared cool. to, like, I don't think anybody here would want to use it for production, but, like, yeah. the fact yeah. that it's doing that and it's kind of automatic 
shows that there's a lot of, I think a lot of things like that that are going to start to be things we can use on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So you have so many different ways you do this. Like you've got, you've got the ones that are like Disney characters that are uh, animated from people's mouth and facial movements. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting. First of all, on the left, you've got a real person. On the right, you've got the result. The person on the left is, does she, is she uh, tracked? Is she stabilized? I think it she looks like is, she's... yeah. So that's uh, a woman named Bella Porch on um, TikTok. And so she yeah. posts a bunch of videos of her, you know, she's there's very expressive. A, there's a thing called Face Zoom. Yeah, that it's like a plugin that they use on TikTok, yeah. and, and it, it keeps just your face stabilizes the, the face. Yeah, yeah, I see. So what we're but she is incredibly expressive, yeah. like incredibly expressive to begin with. So I imagine this is a really good sample. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so this one that we're looking at is actually like this is two entirely different um, things than what we've been talking about. There's no yeah. style gain in the animation here. This is a, a tool called First Order Motion. Um, which is another um, kind of neural network architecture that can take motion from one face and apply it to another, basically. So mm-hmm. I've used a set of StyleGAN tools to take a picture of Uma Thurman and then kind of create a cartoon version of her on the right. So that cool. started with a real photo of Uma. I created another network that like was trained on Pixar characters, basically, with bigger eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And so then we create cartoon Uma. Yeah, that's the original photo. Wow. Um, and then I took that and let that be sort of the target for the motion from Bella Porch. Yeah. And, it's almost it's that. almost meta Dude, at that point. That's, like, and it, it, and like, have you tried anything? Have you tried anything more than just like? To me, I if if I got this working, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be like, all right, I'm making a short film. <laughs> right, you know? Yeah, I gotta make a short film. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. no reason not to. Yeah. So I've, like, I've I've had people reach out actually specifically about this because to ask that question, like, hey, we're working on a documentary, and you know, we'd like to have characters in it doing animation. Can we use this technology to do that? And I think the answer is like within some kind of specific limitations. Yes. You know, you need to be sort of mm-hmm. like the resolution's not very good on what it makes, um, mm-hmm. and you kind of want to stay front on, and it's only going to just be the square around the head. But but if you needed President Obama's tunified face to be talking about right. something, all you got to <laughs> shoot is like that one of uh, on the left um, of Frida Kahlo. Yeah, Frida. That's me actually, like driving her animation. Yeah, I should have wow. like should have posted that. I'm just kind of like moving my face around a little bit, and <laughs> and that and then it makes her move like that. So I think part of this is what I love to do is find new models and code that people release and just play with them from the perspective of an animator and a motion uh-huh. graphics yeah. person. This is this is Chad, who I work with, Tunified. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, there's because a lot of the people that make the work are very academic, right? And so as you start to understand enough to where you can download some Python code from GitHub and run it locally... Then mm-hmm. you can start to play with these things where you, you can kind of do things that were impossible to do or really expensive to do otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, like uh, taking uh, 2D people and turning them into mm-hmm. 3D. Yeah. Like 2D and 3D art kind of. Yeah, and those are the Incredibles ones that I was talking about. This yeah. is that same yeah. thing that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Oh man, the dad. <laughs> he looks... making pink and he looks like Patrick. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's so funny. this is the same 
general technique that um, I've been doing with the with the paintings, except taking those those illustrations, you know, character concept art illustrations as the input. Uh huh. Man, this would be fun for a short. Yeah. If, if you could do this, like it's this real style, but it's all the proportions of Pixar. Have you? If, if you could do an entire short like, have that, you but... tried taking like video of a scene and like so? For example, how long does how long did like the Obama animation take? You know, for it to chew through and come out with it's actually really fast. It's basically real time. Really? Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So, have you tried taking after the training, like a scene from a movie or something, where it's just kind of like you know monologue? They're up close and stuff like that, and seeing what you've got. I actually haven't tried that. I should. Man, I think I'd be interested to see what the. You just like... need me to come over oh, and yeah. just <laughs> throw a bunch of ideas at you. <laughs> we'll just chat on Skype all day. But yeah. all right, try this. Let's get let's get <laughs> the, the crazy corkboard <laughs> going. <people> person. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There, I mean, that's the sort of thing is that there's just such there's an endless amount of stuff to try. Is, yeah. Where you're like, that's I have to so do my cool. work here too. What do I? Do? <laughs> you know, it's so so cool. Yeah. Like this 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 stuff to me is absolutely fascinating. You know, like just just initially with the deep fake stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just jump- going to get better too. Yeah, and and jumping back to your original thing, I, I'd like to talk to you about about the deep fake stuff mm-hmm. because you did that for the the Dolly Museum. And I don't yeah. know if you've seen. Have you seen the the stuff that the uh, the South Park guys have done? Yeah, uh, and oh, it's yeah. incredible. So like you don't, you can't tell the difference. No, I, I know, refer to, to um, the when if anybody asks me about deepfake these days, I I send them a link to the first episode of Sassy Justice, and I say this yeah. is the state of the art right now. Um, yeah. where they're using, you know, they got all of the all of the guys that were creating these on YouTube derp fakes and like a bunch of names like that uh-huh. and and hired them to build they were i think they were going to do a feature and then it got mm-hmm. messed up due to covid and so they said we've got this team assembled that can do these amazing deep fakes what do we do and so now they're now they're doing sassy justice with it um but yeah it's it's really impressive because what they're doing is you know it's it all moves so quick so it's two years later technology from where i was yeah. when i was doing dali so the resolution is higher that like yeah. everything looks better i mean it's 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 really amazing and when so you're inputting like footage that you've shot of someone dressed up like that mm-hmm. right and then are you you're training it based off of that and it, what's what is it doing? Is it like three D tracking the face and the shadows and everything? And then, it, but you don't come out with like a three D mesh or no. anything like that, right? Yeah. it's all just just flat two D images, right? It is, and that's and what that's happens the part. if you go through and you, it messes up one frame? Do you have to start completely over? Um, let's see. You probably <laughs> would need a better data set or different settings if it wasn't doing a particular frame well but usually Uh it's not just one frame that'll glitch out it'll be like the whole thing the head turns too far and then everything looks kind of weird and you're like "Ah, i can't use that um what what was the first thing you were asking about with uh i don't know how does it work does it make a mesh yeah 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 so that's (laughs) i think i i also sort of have this way of thinking about it from where we look at it and we're like, okay, cool. If we had to do this in After Effects or in C4D, what mm-hmm. would we do? Or Houdini? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the the workflow here? And you think about, like, right, we need a deforming mesh of the face. We're going to, you know, flatten it out to UVs yep. and we can paint and then rewrap on some other face. And, like, that's stuff you could do. And people do that. Um, but the way that 
the deepfake technology works is that it sort of just works with flat images and it creates mm -hmm. an understanding also of all the ways that your face might move, you know, and mm -hmm. all of ways that Dave's face might move um, and what it looks like in different poses. And then it can kind of like translate between the two where it'll find the closest mm -hmm. if Dave like opens his mouth like this and then mm -hmm. it'll be like, all right, the closest one of Matt doing that is this. And so now mm -hmm. we can like drive your face with Dave's animation, basically. Right. Um, and so it's it's sort of a, a higher fidelity version of what's happening on the first order motion thing, right? So we were looking at um, Uma Thurman being driven by mm -hmm. like somebody on TikTok, um, and the deepfake stuff. It, it'll mess up when like we see teeth, for example. That's one of the places where I've it noticed do that. Right. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and first order motion is even a little rougher on that but the crazy thing about that is that you just need one photo and you can animate it whereas with wow. deepfake we want to have a few minutes of footage at least to okay. uh, let, it, let it and you know it's sort of like ideally it's you know with a bunch of different poses and and lighting and you know to capture all the different ways the face could look so are you training are you are you training the deepfakes based off of the original footage you know, and then saying, okay, learn off of this, mm -hmm. and then here's a bunch of images of this person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or is it like, here is one image of this person, and I want you to stick that on this person's face. So, you know, through all these images. Yeah. The It's sort of like, think of it for deep fake in the way that they're doing it on Sassy Justice. Imagine mm -hmm. it's basically like two buckets of video that it's going to learn from, right? Um, okay. So we would learn from. For the Dali project, for example, um, we found an old interview of Salvador Dali from the 50s or something where he was sitting cool. there. It was in French. Um, it was black and white. But mm -hmm. it, 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 the camera held still and we got like three minutes of him talking and that ended up nice. being the best thing for it to learn from. Um, mm -hmm. And so then you get an actor who has more or less the same body, the same hair, roughly mm -hmm. the same age as Dali. And then you're going to replace his face. Um, yeah. And so it learns both of their faces and then it takes the expressions of the actor and drives Dolly's face with that. Um, yeah. So well, do yeah. you have you run into issues before? Like if you do it like people with glasses, like when I when I watched the Dolly thing, I was like, OK, that mustache had to have been a pain in the ass. You know, yeah. it like it probably clipped at times when it was turning, you know. So we actually, we worried about the mustache too, because we were like, uh -huh. Ugh, like that's not going to work. And it was just like, oh yeah, yeah, the mustache is fine. It just worked. It, uh -huh. it just came out. And in fact, we, we had our actor initially, he had a mustache in an, an uh -huh. early test. Um, and sometimes the mustache he had would stick out too far. And then I'd have to do this paint work to remove mm -hmm. the real mustache from the scene because it was the digital, the deep fake mustache wasn't lining up with it. Right. Um, so we, in the end, told him to just take his mustache off, and it pulled the mustache from the archival footage of Dali. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Is this at the one in London? Uh, it's in St. Petersburg, Florida, actually. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I knew there was one in so London, cool. but I didn't know if it was permanent or not. Um, I was going to ask you, too, about the line, more like the line drawing ones, mm -hmm. about uh, because... And these look really cool. So I wanted to know about the training involved for this. Like, like what is this a mixture of? Like training with line drawings and and landscapes. Or? So these ones. Some of these are people. These are some but. of my favorites, actually, that you've honed in on. And these are trained on 
a book um, from the Metropolitan Museum of Art that was released in the 60s, I think, of a bunch of etchings of uh, from Aesop's Fables books. So they are okay. um, woodcuts and etchings um, of illustrations of like the tortoise and the hare, for example, and that, that are some of them are 500 years old, and it's a relatively small data set, um, a book, you know, it's got, I think, 70, 70 images in it. Um, and so instead of showing it Beeple's work, for example, in this case, I took StyleGAN and I'm showing it this work, these, these etchings um, and woodcuts. And as it learns, I actually started on that one from a data set of paintings, right? And it starts mm -hmm. to transform those into looking like the etchings now. So if you stop it before it's learned all the way how to do etchings, you get this moment where it's a mix between the two and some super fascinating stuff happens. There's actually, if you go to my site, um, NathanShipley.com, there's a GAN section at the top, and I think there's a link to this project that shows you the, what some of the input art actually looks like for that. Um, you can check it out. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, yeah, you have a bunch more stuff on your site. This is good. Yeah, I'll have this in the show notes as well. Cool. So this is the page you're talking about, right? The yeah, yeah. AI again. Um, cool. So there's one of them, I think, called Aesop's at the top that um, will give you a... You can kind of see what the the source stuff looks like. It's all just one big page. But those are some of the some of the illustrations that it learned from. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can definitely see it. Mm -hmm. It... it Kind of some of the uh, results to me look like, have you seen what they've been doing with people's actual dreams uh, where you can kind of get the brain waves? Yeah. And I, I wish I could find a... I, let it's me see it's if, like yeah, they, here they we train go. people based off of like the, the, the synapses or whatever that's going on while they're showing them images oh okay and then they also scan them while yeah. they're dreaming ah. yeah and they're they're almost able to what you see on on the right there is what the brain saw in, in that uh in that activity let me go back here but look at the the wow. similarities yeah. it looks like know, a game in, <laughs> yeah yeah mm -hmm. That's what's so interesting to see. Like this is what's being reproduced. It's it's so weird. Uh, and that's an interesting concept, though, because like a lot of the way that the the neural network training stuff works. I mean, people always say like, "Well, it's a black box in the middle," and like what that means is that you know, I think StyleGAN has like I don't know, like sixty million parameters or whatever. Sixty million different neurons make up the middle of this network, and depending on how they're weighted, you know, whether they're like what their values are, it'll make something different. And so you get these sort of like emergent knowledge that happens inside this network that you can't really look at, or it's not easy to look at. Um, where I wonder if it's doing something like that with with the brain things as well. It, it yeah. can take these complex signals that we would never be able to look at and be like, okay, cool. So this is somebody's brain activity. I have no right. idea what this means, but it's, it finds <laughs> yeah. patterns that we wouldn't see. And it knows they're associated with like a picture of a dog because we showed the guy, the dog and then his brain did this. So, right. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm spitballing here, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you planning on taking any of these and uh, doing crypto art? with them oh man i That's the next question. i have uh <laughs> i i am i am consider myself to be a crypto art skeptic for right now i am uh all right 
I am. I am actually like. I am not sold on, on and, crypto until you make yet. a drop and make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> in thing, five right? minutes. Right. And you're like, I'm all about this crypto. I know. Stuff. I know. <laughs> I have like, you know, I, I I love that that people made like three and a half million dollars. Like that yeah. guy has worked really hard for mm-hmm. fourteen years, and I'm like, awesome. Of anybody, you know, you're like that's yeah. that yeah. makes me feel really good. But yeah, I don't know my my thoughts about it. I tend to feel like it's just really speculative right now. It's got it this is. kind of like yeah. that yeah. same, you know, just the vibe of crypto in general. Where people are like, well, this, I'm buying it because other people are buying it. And yeah, so I think like I love the idea of supporting artists. Um, but I think it just gets presented a little disingenuously when people are like, oh, yeah, but this is like this is this sort of level playing field thing for the artists and all this. I, I think mm-hmm. it's kind of quickly recreating some of the same issues there are with the traditional fine arts market, for example, where mm-hmm. there's like gateway gatekeepers to like the platforms. And um, yeah, I don't, I actually like, I kind of, this is another thing in the chat at work where the guys are like, Oh God, here he goes. He's going to start talking about crypto art again. <laughs> but but the, the other thing I like point people to recently, um, there's an artist named Memo Acton who he calls himself a, a computational artist, and he's been a big inspiration for me. Um, mm-hmm. And he does a lot of he's done a lot of early work with machine learning, um, and he he created this website called CryptoArt.wtf, um, and his, <laughs> his what goes along with that is this Medium article called like the unreasonable ecological cost of crypto art, and where he's basically right. looking into like it takes this sort of insane amount of energy to just do one mouse click transaction. It's like the same amount of energy that a household uses for a month is, is right. what it takes to do one of those things. Right. So right. I think like, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, I would like to say, I would like to say in retort to that, please. because we had this discussion okay. either last week or the week before, like, for example, I mine uh, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. you know, when my computers aren't running, I just let them mine, mm-hmm. you know, and so I know that does take energy, but here in Texas, we get to choose, we have the right to choose whatever electricity company and we want. Mm-hmm. And so I go with 100% renewable energy every single time Got so it. that I'm not, you know, intentionally hurting the environment yeah, by doing right. that. Yeah, I think and making choices like that is awesome, you know, and I think that's, that's really mm-hmm. great. But there's, you know, some videos in memo's article about where he they show the inside of crypto farms and stuff the mining farms where it's yeah. just like oh my god it's like super loud fans with like yeah. gigantic yeah. stacks of of cards just running mining making random numbers all day the sound of thousands of nvidia fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um so i think you know it just sort of feels like you know there's certainly a lot of hype right now um and i think it's a good opportunity to um, sort of level set on this and try to like move forward intentionally, you know, like what can these markets do to, to have a more uh, reasonable ecological fr- footprint, you know? Um, so this page you're on, this is, this is cryptoart.wtf and where on the uh-huh. side it's telling you the amount of energy used and that the transactions related to that particular uh, piece of crypto art. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I could I could keep going on about all this, but I, I'm just like a little oh, bit raised eyebrow, eyebrow about it all. I've I've yet yeah. to well, yet to. My question about the energy consumption, mm-hmm. and it's just because I don't quite understand, is wouldn't those tokens be generated anyway 
even if the art wasn't attached to them. I don't think I'm like I, I understand this well enough out. to totally know the answer. Somebody I don't, brought that I don't up at think work so too. because I think it's yeah. I think you're generating a specific type of token. It's not like okay, this token is connected to a Bitcoin. You know, it's like I'm just you're mining out. it specifically for the art. And but where do what, these come from? That where, is, where yeah, that's these... another good question. It's like once Nifty, because when you buy something off a of Nifty in the five minute window mm-hmm. that you've got, you know, it takes a little bit to tell you what number you are yeah. and what your address is and what your token address is. Yeah. So, is so it because they're, it's generating they're, that? They're mining these the way that, coins or whatever. Actually, so yeah. it, it's helpful to think about them not as coins because they are um, on the Ethereum blockchain specifically, they're called smart contracts, right? So, okay. the non fungible token, like the NFT, um, is mm-hmm. built around a thing that Ethereum lets you do that Bitcoin actually doesn't, I think, called a smart contract, mm-hmm. where you can kind of like put code into. Right. The the block that's going to go on the you know the public ledger the like chain. a link to the art exactly yeah, yeah. exactly okay yeah. Um, and so by by minting that that piece and by you know buying it you are creating a transaction on the blockchain and I think it varies okay. like Nifty I think doesn't use as much as uh, much gas is what they call it in Ethereum mm-hmm. and that's like the energy right. that it takes to run the the transactions to record this thing on the blockchain. It's like crazy to talk about all this, but um, <laughs> I think super rare, for example, tracks all of the bids and the sales and the transfers on the blockchain. Mm. So those ones generate kind of a lot more energy than the nifty ones. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to see the the companies that are doing this to be just I, more transparent about it a little bit because yeah you know when memo published yeah. this this article he was like i really don't want i'm not trying to take artists to task here like nobody right. knew this was happening you know right um mm-hmm. right and he's like i'm not mad at you and i want i he actually and i agree like loves the idea of there being a way to like just completely digitally buy and sell art but yeah when we're just basically talking about kind of like a mouse track mouse click and keeping track of like okay cool dave bought something from matt and it was this much money why does it right. have to be the same as like flying across the atlantic that's what i don't get i, I yeah. don't even understand like we we mine our own bitcoin with our cards mm-hmm. sometimes on our on the side and it's like well e- even if we're doing this for a month we're not using that much electricity so i don't understand is this because of the fact that these have to be saved on a server and then it's like an exponential cost I th- yeah over time yeah, yeah. i think the way that like the way i understand it and like i'm gonna just caveat all this that i'm like not an expert <laughs> but the way i understand it is that the the blockchains are secure by this thing called proof of work and so to hack it is really hard because it just takes a ton of compute and so the way that we like put this transaction that says you bought that um in in the blockchain is by using a ton of compute power and so that means that there are a bunch of servers all around the world that start generating random numbers until one of them hits the one that it needs to say like all right cool that was what we needed to sort of like put this on the blockchain because they're stored because they're all stored on all these different places Mm -hmm. decentralized in order to be secure, that's taking up. Interesting. Yeah. I, I listened to uh, Winkleman's explanation of it on that School of Motion mm-hmm. podcast, and you know he's describing it. I th- either him or EJ were describing it like there's a master spreadsheet that everybody has of yeah. all these verified numbers, and they all have to cross-reference with each other. Yeah, yeah that's, that, so, that tracks. Yeah. 
interesting interesting yeah we're trying to figure out like all of this and i th- i think some people are getting like negative press for it it's like oh you're doing crypto art it's bad for the environment mm-hmm. it's like okay well crypto in general is bad for the it environment is, yeah. right yeah, so let's figure this let's figure out the root uh problem and if there's a solution yeah yeah, and I think yeah. you know I've I know that Ethereum is a lot better than Bitcoin, for example. Bitcoin's like particularly bad, um, uh-huh. and I think I don't understand the mechanics of technically how this works, but I think Ethereum's trying to move towards a standard that's not this proof of work thing, but it's proof of something else that I'm not going to remember where. It, but it uses uh-huh. a lot less energy basically to do the same thing, um, so it's not it's not there yet though. So yeah, for now it, yeah. it is. I think that does sort of happen where, you know, people are like, Oh wait, are you sure you want to do it? I mean, I think I'm one of those people too. That's like, wait, is this, is that mm-hmm. a good idea? But there, it may also, so I was reading up somewhere where they were also saying Bitcoin has like this built in, uh, what is it? So for every like 210,000 blocks that are mined, the, price that uh on return from mining actually gets cut in half mm-hmm. so there's like a built-in inflation for it so you're having to do twice as much mining in order to get uh, the same amount yeah. of cash back yeah and so as i was it thinking keeps about that going the other and day. going and going you know eventually because today, it's going like, to be so crypto's like through the roof right yeah. now yeah yeah. So, well, for today. Thanks, right. Elon. <laughs> but I was, yeah, thanks, Elon. The, the, the Dogecoin commercial helped all, all of the uh I didn't see cryptos. it. I didn't you see didn't the, see the, I the did. Dogecoin Super Bowl commercial? I saw, all, I heard there was a Reddit five-second commercial. Saw the Reddit one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was a, I don't think this actually aired. I was trying to figure out if this actually aired because mm-hmm. it said Super Bowl, I'm sorry, the big game. <laughs> no. You want to get sued? <laughs> um, the not not the Super Bowl, the superb owl. That's right. uh-huh. Yes, uh, I don't know if this actually like I couldn't figure out if this is a joke or if this is a real thing. But it was this whole thing about Doge going to the moon. I think it was just like a fake Super Bowl commercial. But everybody just kept calling it a Super Bowl commercial. I was like, this didn't air, did it? I didn't see it, but I didn't uh-huh. watch all the Super Bowls, so I don't know. Yeah, and, and it's just the whole thing about Doge going to the to the moon. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> okay. the the whole the reason I bring it up is because everything because of that seems to be skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Skyrocketing today. You saw Bitcoin at forty five thousand peak, yep. I think, mm-hmm. uh, earlier today. So I started thinking about the mining. I'm like, well, when it gets that high. What's going to happen as far as mining? Like every time you you mine a little bit, you're making like a hundred bucks. Like it yeah. can't possibly go up to the point where you're making that much money off of one graphics card because then anybody can do it, and yeah, I, it just doesn't make sense as far uh, as the value my, of the currency. I was I talking understand. to my brother. My brother does a lot of work in China, mm-hmm. and he said anytime there's spikes like this, a lot of the Chinese like mining, you know, stuff like just ramps up mm. so that they can make a quick bu- buck and then stop immediately you know yeah so but did you you i have noticed in, when we're mining that the more people who start mining the price that you get back is actually lower you know yeah. so for example 
you know, the price was $37,000 the other day and I was getting back 40 to $50 a day. Right mm-hmm. now it's up to 45 and I'm still only getting 40 to $50 a day, mm-hmm. you know, because there's more people mining right now. That's the part you've that got, I'm trying you, to wrap my brain well, around. Well, you've got like, so many people that you have to pay out who helped find, you know, mine this one coin, you know, mm-hmm. or this the, one The value address. of you mining is reduced when there's, you know, 10 other people that are doing yes. it at the same time. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, if you're using ten people to mine one coin, you know, versus one person to mine one coin, you're sharing you know, your the money. payout. Yeah, you're sharing the money. Mm-hmm. See, for me, it's like if I turn these cards on, will I make more money than what it's drawing in power? The yeah. answer is yes. So as far as mining it's like do i need to know all that stuff or can i just if you wanted to just get into mining you didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. set up nice hash you could do it and figure out the cost and not know any of the background on it yeah so me for me i'm like should i turn on my cards tonight or not is it profitable to do it's always profitable (laughs) i made 188 dollars from friday to sunday when i turned them off this morning yeah don't burn your cards out Well, I put them on, well, I had them on high power Uh and I was, I was up to like, it was, it was doing like (laughs) 60 to $80 a day, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, uh, someone was like, yeah, if you're using 30 series, you need to be on low power. So I was like, all right. So I switched everything to low power. Now I'm getting about some about the VRAM, right? Like yeah, so the the, the VRAM is like in the wrong spot or something. Mm. So like when you're running them real hard, it can overheat the VRAM. I don't know. I think it's cool that you so. you know you're able to choose if your power is renewable or not. Though I mean that yeah. that makes it that yeah. makes it feel a little like you know when you think about like the green side of it, it's a little less icky. Where I'm like okay, cool. I mean yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. I don't but know. you know, not everywhere in the world, like in California, they don't let you choose no. what electricity company you go with. Yeah. They don't let you choose whether you want to do it through coal or renewable. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, when and when I'm up here and all my machines are all going, the fans are all spun up like crazy and it's loud and it's hot. Just just it does feel icky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. It's like I'm not I'm not you know, we don't need to like crack it right now, but I think it's good to be at least yeah. aware of, yeah. you know, like as people yeah. that Exactly. That, you know, for motion yeah. graphics people too. You know, one of my first reactions when I looked at crypto art, for example, was like, Whoa, well, I mean some of these things that I'm seeing that are selling for twenty thousand dollars, I'm like, that's kind of like, you know, okay, like a little softbox light setup in Octane, yeah. and like you, mm-hmm. where you're like, yep. I could do like thirty minutes of work and make that thing. Yeah. Um, so it has this. Mm-hmm. We are uniquely suited to be able to create what is in vogue right now in the world of crypto mm-hmm. art because this is what we yeah. do, right? Like you look at the stuff and you're like, oh, wait a minute, cool, I want in, <laughs> and yeah. so I, I think you know. Which is which is great, and I think it enables a lot of you know new ways to think about art and new ways for artists to actually get paid, which is great. Um, yeah. But let's I don't know let's let's move forward conscientiously at least would be my one little like yeah my, yeah. my little ruiner rant about crypto art for a little bit. And, yeah. And on the art stuff too, I I think that uh you know we're not not on the whole energy side anymore, uh-huh. but back to the art part of it, I think that 
some of these like I think I feel like Nifty. I really like that they send out an email every day and say this is what the drop's going to be, mm-hmm. but I don't like the way they've been advertising it because. Just like the other day, for example, they sent out an email. They're very basic white emails with black text and like a picture, uh-huh. you know. And this one yeah, comes up, the, and it's that's the way their website is. Their website, like no, but for you what could, they're doing know, and as much money as they're bringing in, they need they need a revamp on their website because their website is junk. <laughs> well, like there's this email that I got, and it says, "Oh, tonight here's this rotating cube." Yeah, and I looked at it, and I'm like, "It's a cube that rotates 360. It looks like it was made in Octane in like yeah. five minutes." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Okay, art is, you know, art is subjective. Objective, <laughs> blah blah blah. Okay, I get it. I get it. Right. Yeah. Here's my problem with it: is that I sent it to uh, EJ and David jokingly. I said, "Y'all gonna get in on this cube action tonight? Get you a cube?" You and know. they were excited about it. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, Aryev hits me back up with a link on Twitter. He was like, actually, this one looks pretty good. And he sent me the Twitter and it's all this cool looking stuff. I'm like, why wasn't this in the email? Mm. Yeah. Because what you advertised for this really cool piece of art was a cube. Right. Well, because and it wasn't anything with the art You got the, the Winklevi. Like. You got the Winklevi who are, you know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, putting you got to make the emails, emails spicy, like though. That, right? You make the email spicy. You got to get the people <laughs> excited about what they're going to drop I mean, $50,000. And I think it's cool to like. Also to focus on what the art is versus kind of like fetishizing the price that it sold for. Right? Because when, right, we, right. when we hear about an auction at Christie's, like, okay, some painting sold for like $10 million. And you're like, wow. Yeah. You know? And that's the exact same thing that's happening yeah. here. Where people way beyond like the sphere of the MoGraph world know that people sold a lot of stuff. You know, because yeah. like, that's a mm-hmm. big headline. And I think, you know, seeing what, what PAC is doing also where they're, you know, it's a lot of lot of money, and we focus a lot on like how much mm-hmm. money that is. Um, so, mm-hmm. I think that well, it's the banana tape to the to the wall. Yeah, thing. It's, <laughs> it's like these artists yeah. are you're in like uh, Mike said in that that school of motion interview. You're you're investing in the artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're putting your money behind yeah. this artist, and he compared it with client work, where the client is paying you to do a thing the way they want it done. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they want you to do exactly what they want. Whereas when you're getting paid to do crypto art, you're getting to do it the way you want Mm -hmm. it. And people are saying, yes, keep doing what you're doing the way that you're doing it. Because I like that. I think that's a cool Mm -hmm. way to think about it because that's sort of like that instead of focusing on you buying and owning the JPEG or the MP4 file or whatever, when you think about it as kind of like patronage for an artist where we're like, yeah, I support this person. Mm -hmm. I like what they're doing. Then that feels a little, that brings a little more true to me also. And I like that way of, of thinking about it. See, so I'm, 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 I'm one of the people who likes to buy it and resell it, Uh you know, (laughs) flip it. Yeah. But I always, and this is what happens, I I like to buy multiple copies, Mm -hmm. especially on the ones that, like, I I hate the auction ones because I know I'm never going to get those, you know? Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to auction, you know, or bid $5,000 for something I don't know whether I'm going to be able to flip or not, you know? And, like, for me, the collecting part of it, I really like the ones that are, the like, the five-minute grabs. You know, grab as many as you Mm -hmm. can in five minutes because Mm -hmm. I can buy multiples of them, sell one of them, make my money back Mm -hmm. and then collect 
another one. Yeah. You know? Because there's a there's a bit of strategy in that because mm-hmm. it's up to you to look at those and say, I feel like these are going to do well. Yeah. Because I know the artists. Right. And because I know their work. And I feel like this one is the cooler out of these two. Whatever you're... Right. You're kind of going on a on a feel on that and not just trying to high bid on one piece. Right. Also, well, with Stuzor, you know, when Stuzor did his drop, he I, I bought three of them, you know, because I think Stuzor is a really good artist, you know, supporting the artist. I just cashed in some Bitcoin in order to pay for it. No big deal. Mm-hmm. It hasn't made its money yet. I think once he makes his second drop or something like that, you know, it'll get there. You know, but the in the meantime, I'm just him collecting hold them. On to yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just collecting them. When, uh, when, uh, 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 what's her name? Blake Catherine makes her drop on the 18th, I believe it is. You know, mm-hmm. oh man, you better believe I'm gonna be buying a couple of those because Blake oh, Catherine, yeah, I think, is a mega super talented artist. She's one of my favorites, and I, I, I'm mad that I didn't get in on the first drop mm-hmm. because one. Yeah. She's super talented, and two, I know her stuff goes for more, so I can easily flip it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So, and then, but there's yeah. some of these other artists, like, for example, like, uh, what was it? Boss, uh, Boss, uh, dang it, Boss something. It was just recently. Uh, they were a, like, a Marvel artist, you know? Mm. Um, where they were actually auctioning off, they auctioned, they auctioned off like, uh, it was a Wonder Woman one Mm -hmm. and a Miles Morales one. And then also did like a Kobe Bryant one, you know, or LeBron James. I I get the two confused. I don't remember which one died, whichever one died. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Kobe died. Kobe died. Okay. Yeah. So they did a Kobe one. You know, and did five minutes. Boss Logic, thank you, Kevin. Yeah, because Kevin picked up one. And, like, people were able to turn around and flip those really quick, you know, and make a little bit of money. But the thing is, like, it's like you're you're taking a risk. It's like this person has two and a half million followers. Their artwork is really good, but you don't know whether, like, okay, this artwork is crap, but for some reason it sold for $50,000. Here's a really talented artist, but you can't even make your money back on it, you know? Yeah, it's like, I mean, a lot of it. I don't know. That's that's the confusing thing about some of the the crypto art right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. having that, you know, a lot of it is sort of like who's who's good at hyping stuff up on Twitter, or right? Instagram, right. right? You know, yeah. But, so, yeah. And speaking of LeBron James, <laughs> let's talk about the let's let's talk about the uh, the big game. The big game. <laughs> See, you, you don't know the difference between LeBron and Kobe, so I just figured I would just oh, say. Oh no! Of, you know what? I didn't even, even I didn't even basketball? notice it. I'm sorry. Okay. See. Yeah. Obviously, you're not a golfer. <laughs> I know so, they're both but, talented, talented players in their in their respective. Well, field. one of them was, and one of them is. That's the <laughs> in difference. sports ball. In sports in ball. sports ball. <laughs> since since you're so familiar with sports ball, I'm going to assume that you didn't watch the big game. I did. did I watched know? part of it. But I mean, you know, we all knew that the Buccaneers were going to win, right? I have no idea. I mean, ball go far. I yeah. I was there to support Gronk because I really like Gronk. You know, I've I've been a big what? fan of Gron- uh, uh, Gronkowski for a long time. You know. Uh, now, my my question is uh, actually about the stuff you were involved in. Is there anything from? the superb owl that you were involved in uh, that you can talk about it, me or matt not me you. i was oh I wasn't yeah no <laughs> so our our company actually had i think four spots 
in the Super Bowl. So it's uh, it's good be Silverstein and Partners as the advertising agency. Um, and there was the Matthew McConaughey spot for Doritos 3D, which was actually kind of like a big VFX thing where he's flat the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. Saw that yeah. one. Yeah, that was good. There was um, Cheetos had had uh, Shaggy. My yeah. Lacunas. Yeah. yeah. Found um, out that it was in fact him, indeed. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then also a spot for Sam Adams and Rockstar. And this year, I mm-hmm. I didn't get to work on any of them specifically. A lot of times there'll be like a shot that we get to do something on, or sometimes we've done a whole end tag mm-hmm. for like a Comcast spot. Um, but yeah, there it's it's still cool to get to see work that that your your buddies made and got on the Super Bowl. What's a majority of the work that you currently do uh, for your company? So, like, because if you you started out in MoGraph, mm-hmm. After Effects, stuff like that, you know, yeah. and then you moved into this very unique mm-hmm. field, you know, it's like, and 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 I'm also curious if your company, like, uh, if they saw your interest in it and they were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna move you into something different, you know, if they like we're really into that or if you know they kind of held back that's you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah yeah those are good questions like is it is it oh th- th- do do they just see it as oh this is just a hobby or oh no we can utilize no this, i think they, you know? they've been very sort of forward thinking for a long time going back to mm-hmm. a, a project we did for the dolly museum before the deepfake one we did a vr one that was in mm-hmm. I don't remember, 2016 very early days of you know the oculus like can wasn't even out yet so it was like the developer kit version of the oculus we did something in unity um and so they've always been they've like always given me i'm fortunate because they've given me kind of enough like of a leash to kind of play around with new tech stuff that i'm excited about um Mm -hmm. so i was doing projects like that while still sort of being in the motion graphics group um and then just recently uh they they asked if i would be the director of our internal creative technology group called gsmp labs um mm-hmm. so yeah that was sort of like it it's it's a strange step for me because i come at it from you know a, a mography effects 3d animation perspective but i also mm-hmm. you know i understand writing code and um I mean, you know, to some extent. Um, right. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that now. And that was, that was them sort of seeing my interest in that and then thinking that this sort of stuff is aligned with what clients want to be doing too. So what we do is think about ways that we can use creative technology um, and new tech to, to tell stories for clients. Or um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. As far yeah. as the future, like, for example, a lot of us as MoGraphers are having to get into dip our toes into these different fields and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like game do you think, and... do, yeah, game engines, mm-hmm. deep yeah. fakes, yeah. you know, how advantageous will it be for us to know this stuff in the future? Will we, is there, is there going to be a point in which we're like, okay, we don't need to know that. Or do you think we should? I think that if anybody was asking for my advice, I would I would recommend that they they try to be dipping their toe in, you know, and getting a mm-hmm. if not like a production level understanding of something, at least an understanding of the vocabulary and try some of the software out right. when you gotcha. can, because okay. there are tools that that are going to be more and more accessible that allow us to make better stuff faster. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know that it's like. 
you know, a great C4D artist is going to get left behind by AI in our lifetimes, you know. Um, But but that said, there are like, you know, I mean, the Roto thing you were talking about, I'm not sure how good of a job that that machine learning tool does at doing it, but maybe it's good enough for some shots, you know, maybe don't. Right, we'll try it. Um, Yeah, we should. Right. (laughs) Um, So I think that, I mean, for me, all of this stuff is, I, I always love, and I think this is a, a thing pretty common in the MoGraph community, is that people are always interested in learning and, and trying new things and exploring. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's definitely true for me. And the <clears throat> things that I've been exploring in the world of AI and machine learning have opened, have opened other doors for me already. And, you know, possibilities of things when you're in, like, a brief with, a, with an art director and a creative director, and they're like, could we do something like this? And you normally be like, well, I mean, it's going to be really expensive or no. Or you could be like, actually, maybe we can do that. Let's try something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's... It's a lot to kind of take in, but it's well worth it. How uh, how how do you worry about having moved onto this new job position? Do you worry about being underutilized now? You know, um, no, I don't think so. I think <laughs> you're like, uh oh, no. Because the thing happens, it's like it, it's like with so many people like that are three D people, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. go into a job, and then someone's like, "Oh, you know After Effects? Mm. You're pretty good at this. You should just do all this two D After uh-huh. Effects stuff right. all the time from now on." And you don't want to be like only AI guy. Like, right? What, what else well, are I'm you just, expanding also, on? Like, how many jobs are there available? How many pitches is the company going to make yeah. specifically, you know, knowing that they can use some of these types, th- types of things, you know, yeah. or I don't know. Or I, I would assume if people it's have the, seen here, previous here work, go. they know what you're capable of. I don't, mm. I don't know. It's, it's an it's interesting the whole, thought. If you have a hammer, then everything looks like a nail situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, are you in the position where it's like always like, like, oh, we can AI this. We can AI this. You know, I, you know, I have to be careful about that, and I think that is something that you know I, I tend to want to do. But, but you know, I, I'm. It's the challenge for me is thinking about different kinds of problems, right? Where it's stuff mm-hmm. that if if we're gonna bid out a project that's you know, some animation and VFX and it's this many seconds. Like I could probably figure that out with you guys pretty quick and we'd have a good idea of what we're doing. So, you know, my challenge is thinking about, you know, just working with creative technologists and coders now instead of animators um, Mm -hmm. is, is a challenge. And I think what we're, what we're actually trying to do beyond just AI stuff is looking into virtual production a little bit using unreal. So I'm excited to hear you guys talking about unreal also. Um, and you know, one of our creative technologists right now is just like, he's just starting to get stuff set up where he's got like vibe tracking going and his TV behind it. And mm-hmm. the, the screen is reacting to a virtual yeah. camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. and in that situation, you know, we're able to do some stuff that falls into the game engine category that gets a little outside of traditional MoGraph things. Um, but the, the agency understands really well that like, well, wait, if we can set this up with an actual screen in our in our in-house little studio and wheel that thing in when we want to do a shoot and we could get, you know, like a medium shot where we don't have to go to a location. That's, that's something they understand. Um, and I think they see that as a a way that they can actually make some money too from a client instead of, uh, doing a traditional shoot. So it's, I think, you know, looking for those sort of opportunities will be something that I'm trying to do. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm just figuring all this out too. So, 
it's good to know the terminology and at least dip your toe in or just be aware of these different things. You don't have to know them all. I mean, we all want to know everything about everything, right? right? Yeah. It's like, oh, teach yeah. me everything about crypto, everything yeah. about crypto art, everything about Unreal. And we just can't. Nobody can do that. So you got to choose mm-hmm. a handful of things that you're going to concentrate yeah. on or else you'll be a master of none. And right. So it's it's like I've mentioned this before, but I used to listen to a networking podcast right about security and networks and ips and packets and all of this crazy stuff and i knew about 10 percent of what they were talking Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. but i was just very interested in in knowing it and and at least being aware of the terminology and it's just through osmosis it has helped me because it's like oh we've got to set up this network and it's not working because of something called nat what is that Mm -hmm. i'm like oh i know what that is i heard about that on my show but and I feel like in this industry, if you're at least aware of what's going on, uh, like Matt says, you know, he he doesn't watch every tutorial, but he takes this mental note, like, okay, this person did yeah. that one thing on that thing, so when I need that, I'm going to go find it. Yeah, um, just this awareness. Yeah, knowing enough to be able to you. sort of Google your way back to something, I think, is a really good mm-hmm. skill to have. And right. that's what you're yeah. describing is similar yeah. to how things started off and working with GANs for me too, right? That I went to a this this a conference at MIT where I was like woefully in over my head in terms of the stuff these people <laughs> yeah. were talking about. But I like I printed out some white papers on the airplane and I read them and I was like, okay, hmm, I don't. I know some of those. Yeah, words. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then it, it builds, and and over time you get to the point where you're like, wait, I, I think I can actually talk about this. And I I remember talking mm-hmm. with yeah. Um, uh, someone that I met at that conference that worked doing AI at Lyft. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I remember saying, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not, like, an expert in this. I mean, the real people would, would say this. And she's like, yeah, the funny thing is that, like, you just, you, you become the expert pretty quickly by just doing it, you know. You'll start, yeah, you, right, people yeah, yeah. will start to think of you as the expert. And, I mean, you know, you introduced me that way. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sh- shit, okay, yeah. let's see. What you- <laughs> you know? but, but it does sort of, like, enough time. Um, and, uh, and excitement and interest in what learning what you can make with something, I think opens up a lot of possibilities. Yeah. I think your, your Instagram is probably testament that you at least know what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, how how much coding is involved? Yeah. Um, Like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm not a good coder. mm -hmm. My mind doesn't work that way. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I do like. Uh, I still like, have all your code books, by the way. From right, I know, I, I know that I, I also know. didn't read. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> like, yeah. I do love the technology, mm-hmm. you know, and I love dipping into that, but I don't like code. Yeah, I think so. Most of it doesn't have to be actually writing code from scratch. I'm almost mm-hmm. never doing that. Um, That's good. Usually, I'm you. You kind of do need to be able to read it enough to know, like, okay, cool. This variable is something that's coming in from the command line, and where does that go in here? Okay, cool. That's at the top. Okay. So if I want to change that, I need to be up here. So enough of kind of being able to read things, but a lot of the kind of the mechanics of it aren't so much editing the Python code as they are using Linux, for example, or like being in mm-hmm. a terminal on um, like a, a cloud compute cluster, um, right. That, where you you just sort of get quick at that eventually, but it's all sort of command line stuff and knowing how to like edit mm-hmm. a text file in uh, in the terminal window instead of opening it in text edit, you know. Um, Is there a place that you could recommend? Like, what would be if someone wanted to get into it? Say me, for example. Uh-huh. I wanted to like start to learn about 
uh, like games, yeah, you know, or or uh, even deep fakes. Mm-hmm. Where would you recommend for where the, to start? The, the layman to go. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great question. And the the one of the best places to start would be um, the classes that Derek Schultz has on the Bust Bright YouTube channel. I think is what it's called. If you search for like uh, one word Bust Bright, I'm gonna check that too. Um, he's got some playlists. Yeah, machine learning art. Um, Artificial images? Yeah, artificial images. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Did you get that, Dave, or you want me to send it to you? No, I got it. Okay. I got yeah. it. We'll put that in the chat. Yeah, that, in the, in the, the, in the, the notes. notes. He has some, like, check out the playlists part of that, because he kind of explains it from the perspective of, like, you know, he knows how to, he's a, he's a designer, I think, by default, and he's now creating machine learning art. Um, but he approaches it from the perspective of like somebody that uses Photoshop and, you know, knows how to do some things in After Effects. Cool. Um, right. But we're, but we're going to talk about code today and, and what do these variables mean? So he kind of shows you some different ways into it. Um, and mm-hmm. that's, uh, yeah, he'll do classes. I think his latest class filled up pretty quick. Um, but I have a lot of respect for him and how he shares all of his knowledge. And um, I've kind of come up, alongside of him I think where I was sort of on my own track of googling my way through it but then I see these classes and I was like oh damn it I wish I knew about that class when I was starting out it's good yeah um, okay so yeah that'd be a good place to check out and then um you know the, what about for deep fakes the deep fake stuff the main software everybody uses is called deep face lab um okay. and that's on github and it's I feel like a lot of the it's a lot of like discord channels and stuff of people talking about it i'm not sure i think Mm -hmm. there's probably some good youtube tutorials as well i haven't actually dipped into this in a while but watching for you know tutorials for deep face lab i think would be one way to get started on that but that's kind of like okay i think that's kind of the standard of what people are playing (laughs) with it's beautiful (laughs) you look at this you know what i do half the time when this page comes up <laughs> so scroll yeah. down. Don't That's close. Where I want to learn how to do this. Oh, I gotta dig. Oh, they actually have. Uh, they have like a Windows executable that you can just download. I'm pretty sure. So you don't have to like nice. run the Python scripts and Compile. stuff. Yeah. So it's good. Good. But that good. one, that's <laughs> worth looking at um, if you want to get into some deep fake stuff. Okay. Yeah, and cool. the, the thing is, it's just going to explode the easier it gets to do this. Yeah. You yeah. see what's happening right now with the DeepFakes app that everyone's mm-hmm. using, the face, yeah. whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Everybody's doing it. So the easier this gets, it's just going to get more and more streamlined. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, the, the process will be down to where anyone can do it. So like now is the time to get into it. Yeah, I think right? that's very yeah. true. Yeah. For sure. Before everybody can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, do 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 you get into it now, or do you just wait until o- Adobe builds it into it After depends. Effects? You if know? you want to be the first, do you want to be the first? Do you want to have something unique, or do you do you wait and be the artist that finds a way to use this as more of a prosumer level? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because there's yeah. value in both. I mean, if you're not a code person. If you're an artist, you're you're the creative person thinking of the creative yep. way to do yeah. to do something with it. If you're a technical person, you might be able to get in early. And if you're a technical person with artistic background, you know, double score, right? Wonder if you could if you could build if anyone's built a plugin specifically for After Effects, you know, that would. Oh, I think we would have heard. Use of it. it in the background. I don't know. Yeah, as I mean that, that sort of stuff would be, be it would be yeah. interesting. And I think yeah. you know it's a good insight, Dave, about. 
you know, it's not it's not for everybody to be like, cool, I'm diving into GitHub and like compiling this right. code and um, you know, yeah. there there's there's always stuff to learn and I think being aware of this stuff even is just is meaningful to some extent to know which questions to ask or who you might talk to 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 try yeah. something mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So I think yeah. Uh, yeah, and and that's one thing that you've touched on which I think um is it it can be uh is good advice all across our field where for example mm-hmm. you said you know you know the terminology you know what to say like when when we when we're working with a client who understands what we're going through mm-hmm. you know it's like those are my favorite clients to work with because i i can talk to them i don't have to dumb down my speech you know right and so, like you're talking oh, I've about, I've got to re-render it because it was it didn't have enough samples. Right. It was too grainy. And right. Like, okay, cool. Right. Yeah. Like they understand that, you know. And that's one thing you were talking about, like understanding the terminology and the language, so that you can speak to some of these pe- these the the non After Effects motion design people, mm-hmm. you know, the the hardcore coders to kind of understand, you know, yeah. to have to be able to speak to each other. Yeah, and I think yeah. I find that. Being in, you know, finding myself in between those two worlds, there's not like a ton of people that do both, you know. So yeah. I think for people that that do find the more technical side interesting, there's a lot of, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities for work there, um, a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to make some really cool things. So, you know, yeah, nerd out if you feel like it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted to get to some links, and actually, uh, now we're at the point where I think I've talked about every link in another segment. So we only have one link left that I haven't talked about today. That's uh, I just wanted to put out there, Travis Ragsdale has a new 2020 reel that's pretty dope that yeah. you should check out. And that's it. That's it for links. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Whew. <clears throat> Man. Mission accomplished. All right. So we're going to go to MoGraph Recommends, and we're going to ask you some of your favorites of things. And these can be either right now, your current favorite, or your mm-hmm. all-time favorite. doesn't matter. And we're going to start out by talking about your favorite movie. Well, this is for me. Yeah, oh, for wow, you. great. Yeah. Okay, um, I heard mm-hmm. you You made a, a Lebowski reference earlier, so that's, that, <laughs> yeah. that's one of my go-to picks. <laughs> Although I watched, we were allowed to watch uh, Star Wars, or we could rent a movie, once a week from the video store when we were kids, and I got Star Wars every single week. So I had That's Star funny. Wars as my first love. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, uh, you get that. You get that box, and then you get the single uh, cellophane packet of popcorn yeah. that you can put in the microwave. Uh-huh. That's yeah. right. Uh, Dave and I, when we were up in Iceland, they've got a, a big Lebowski bar. Oh wow! You know, yes. where you can get like American awesome. burgers and stuff like that. <laughs> it's the only time, the whole time we were there, that my kid actually ate food. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it was a forty dollar burger. It was a forty dollar burger. burger. Wow. Yes, yeah. but... that's cool. <clears throat> yeah. So big Lebowski, and then what about music? I have such a eclectic mix of everything. Um, I've really been into a guy named Fortet recently. Um, he's okay. uh, he does okay. electronic music. Um, I think he's from London, but yeah, I, I, kind of all of his work has has been something I've been excited about recently. It's good. It's good music to work to, also. 
I was going to ask, is it like something you listen to every day or you work, do you work to it? Is it both? I, I, it's, it's more work music than, um, just like, you know, driving around music, I'd say. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's very like, what is this latest? I'm going to look right now. What is the latest album is? I played it every Jeff Webb says four ten. Okay. So it's F O U R. Parallel is his latest T-E-T. album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Parallel is the latest album. And I played that, I played that every day, uh, through once last week. Each day of the week. Wow. So, yeah, I'm. That, oh, that's. Man. I'm gonna have to check this yeah, out. Cool. I've got a and, playlist and, called "Bands to Explore." Oh, I just added it. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Webb says Fortet and Madlib. Do you know yes. Madlib? Yeah, Madlib. They, they have. I'm a, have to check these yeah. out. There's a new Madlib album that Fortet worked on. I think. Now, what are you watching as far as TV shows right now? Uh, we have gone back to Battlestar Galactica. Actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rewatching that. Uh, with my wife, um, and we're about like two thirds of the way through. I've never actually finished the whole thing, so that's really. We, I, Do you know uh, how it ends? No, don't tell me anything. Oh, <laughs> I don't know either. I'm only I'm not looking at the chat. We can't times. talk anything more about yeah. it. But it's it's. I love that show, and I was just also. I tried to watch. I think it's called Get to the Lake. Um, so okay. it's some sort of. It was really well reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's this Russian show. That was basically like a pandemic story, except it like it's gonna kill you, and just society devolves into violence, and it was really stressful. Yeah. So I I didn't finish that one, okay. but, yeah, too, but it seemed too close to yeah. Real life. It was it was pretty well done though. Get to the lake, I think. To the lake. To the lake. Maybe that's what it is. To the lake. To the lake. Very intense, but but interesting. I gotta say, uh, Wanda Vision is is pretty good. Oh man, it is good. It's pretty good. The latest episode. I, th- I think really Julie good. and I agree. It's better than Mandalorian so far. Really? We're no, enjoying I like, it more I, than Mandalorian. I, I, they're on equal playing. Man, Battlestar like, Star Galactica though. I got to go back and watch that. It's funny because like, it's like, been, the effects it's been have years not since, aged well. Like the yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. the robot comps here. Like ooh, okay. But the story's yeah. just so good. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really liking that. Kevin in the chat says Battlestar Galactica is good, but Breaking oh Bad is also the best show he's seen, and except for maybe The Wire. Okay, good enough. Check yep. those shows out. Never heard of them. <laughs> All right. Oh. No, WandaVision is great. It's a mix of like it. It's a mix of action, comedy, and weirdness yeah. all in one. Yeah. It can get trippy. It can get funny. It can get. Serious? I don't cool. know. Really enjoying Sorry, it. I, I really enjoy... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. And the I feel like... The only thing I have to say is I feel like they could have done more with the retro stuff. They they There's yeah. a lot more jokes and things yeah, they could have made. Yeah. And, like and this the, past um, week was... Uh, was uh, the uh, 80s. Family Ties. Family Ties. It was Family Ties. I have a feeling this next week is probably going to be Full House. You know? I bet you, you anything think, it's full. Are they house. not going to the nineties? Well, that is the nineties. I it? guess that is. That's kind of both. Yeah, but the, the family ties thing. Here's the here's the problem I had with it. The lighting was not on point. <laughs> yeah, it was just regular lighting. It was not eighties sitcom lighting. It wasn't bright enough. Okay, it should have been more of this bright. Like, I thought it was fine. I don't know, and I feel like they. Like in the other ones, they did them in like black and white, four mm-hmm. by three. Yeah, they should have done this four by three. Yeah. Give it a little bit of VHS. Mm. Yeah, they didn't do nah. that. They just went nah. with like regular cameras as opposed to the other two episodes yeah. or three episodes. I thought it was fine. 
thought yeah. it was fine. The I, uh, I just wish they pushed that a little bit more. Yeah. It felt like it could have been good. Um, did you see? I, I I think my wife had told me that she read somewhere that uh, Disney Plus actually crashed in a few places because enough people started watching Age of Ultron directly after the WandaVision episode. Mm. <laughs> because it, it like, you know, there's it so many... It comes on as a suggestion. Exactly. Right there's after. so many yeah. references to Age of Ultron in, yeah. you know, the show that it's like they recommend that at the end and enough people start... I mean, we did too. We watched it Friday night. You know, that was our thing. Yeah. We watched Age of Ultron right after WandaVision. <clears throat> I don't know. It's good. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes, and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. What about podcasts? Do you listen to them, A? And B, if you do, what do you <laughs> My, to? I do listen to them. I've stopped listening as much now that I don't have a commute to work on BART mm-hmm. every day across the bay. Same. Um, but uh, my favorite podcast of all time is called The Anthropocene Reviewed. Um, it's by an author named John Green, who wrote uh, The Fault in Our Stars and... Mm-hmm. Um, all the way down um but it's essentially his thing is reviewing <laughs> reviewing things on a five-star scale in the on the human-centered planet but highly recommend that mm-hmm. one it's like it's really well written it's funny but it's also i mean there's some episodes that there's one in particular that makes me cry it's like it's just got mm-hmm. a, a, a huge range he's a really good writer um but most of the time i'm much more like i listen to the daily and just like get the news in there and yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, my my yeah, wife just finished reading Turtles all the way down, uh-huh. and like she hated it. <laughs> she just hated it. Yeah, like she couldn't stop talking about how much she didn't like the. book. I actually haven't read that one. I, I did read The yeah. Fault in Our Stars, um, but yeah, he's 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 pretty funny. I like I like his uh, yeah. his podcast. It's called the Anthropocene. Anthropocene. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like something Borat would say. <laughs> the Anthropocene. Yeah, right. That's funny. The thing about podcasts, like you said, it's the commute thing. I I've really just have not been able to catch up on a lot yeah. of things. A uh, little bit more lately. I'll have my one show, like the one show that I, I really want to mm-hmm. catch mm-hmm. up on, which I'm even behind on that, that goes on when I'm in the car. Yeah. yeah. You know, and lately I've added them to my run. Now that I am running 
faster than most of my favorite music. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I don't have to rely on the beat anymore. So I have on these four hour runs been listening to more podcasts, but I still can't well, keep good, up. Dave, I'm proud of you. You normally can't, hate podcasts while you're running. Yeah, it doesn't like it. At I, first. Uh, yeah. I can't I can't do any words when I'm running. I, I like to it's a very yeah. meditative time for me. So I can do like some slam and trance music or I can just do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, that's kind right. of my that's my vibe when I'm running. I think for me, the hard runs, the regular, shorter, hard runs, I, ha- I still have to have music. Mm-hmm. But when you get into, like, my my, uh, my marathon is Saturday, wow. by the way. So yeah. it's been good knowing you. <laughs> um, and when, when you do that, you're not running that hard, mm-hmm. honestly. You're conserving energy for all that time. But, like, six hours, even with music... Because you're you're jamming to music, but your brain is just like, oh my god, I'm bored. It's been I have been in my own head for five hours staring at the sidewalk. Right. That's when I I welcome it because I just somebody tell me something, say something, uh-huh. give give me something to get so I can get out of my own head. And I've ne- I've yeah, never run but, that far that long before, so kudos. That's, me neither. <laughs> that's good. Oh, it sucks. I don't know why I'm doing it actually, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've been able to listen to some more recently and catch up, but it does suck because I had some favorite podcasts and I just, I don't know what's going on in the world of John Roderick for the last two or three years now, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, and I need to catch up, but I don't know. Um, next on the list, favorite plugin, minus render engines though. Uh, That's cheating. Yeah. I'm favorite curious plugin. if you've got something different we i mean we had a contest at work to see who could use cc ball action actually and get it on the air (laughs) (laughs) um i did i did get cc ball action broadcast one time on an end tag for hp i was proud Uh of that um but in terms of you know my my like go-to plugin that i use it's pretty like pretty straightforward but i love colorista for just you know messing with messing with color um i follow kind of anything that uh, Stu Mashwitz talks about um, and have been kind of like very since the early days of, of his blog called Pro Lost. Um, and I think he had a lot to do with the design of how Colorista works based on looking how, you know, mm-hmm. back before there was Resolve and stuff where you could you kind of easily do color correction like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm a big, big fan of Colorista. Yeah. Cool. It's a good plugin. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Next on the list is your go-to muscle memory app on your phone. Oh, uh, it's Instagram these days, which I'm not sure how I feel about. Mm-hmm. I've gotten yeah. people are real excited yeah. about these face recreations, and so I've gotten a bunch more followers. They're amazing, and so yeah, I've been trying to balance that. Where I'm like, okay, this I'm like spending too much time looking at this, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that so that's probably yeah. probably that one. Yeah, Instagram stories and all the notifications for everything, and that can be such a distraction too. It's, yeah, I turn it all. Yeah, off. I, I I've to. I've um, actually just turned them back off. I had them on for a while because I would get a message from something, and you know, felt, felt like I need to write right back. But I'm trying to like take a step back and and give myself time to focus too. Yeah, because you get like so and so sent you a message on Instagram, and you go and they just like hearted something that you said, <laughs> right? You're See, like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Like, I, I I had someone send me a message like, you know, a week or two ago, and I didn't see it for like three days. Mm. You know, and it was about a job, and I'm like, oh, I missed out on that job because of mm. it. So I turned my notifications on, 
but only to the point in which like I would get likes or, you know, I would get messages or something. But now it's like so-and-so who's a friend of so-and-so just posted a new story. Come see it before it ends. And it's like, there's no way to turn that off. That's why I turned them off. So-and-so who you follow liked something that one of their followers posted. (laughs) Right. Right. It's like, I do not care about that. Yeah. Yeah. They're just trying to suck you back in. That's all it is. We all know it. (laughs) Um, Next on the list now, this is a new one that we've only had a few weeks, but what's your favorite video game? Yeah. That's a great question. I have not actually played games in so long. I I have such great memories of like, in fact, if I had to say one, it would be Street Fighter 2 on the Super Nintendo because that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, That's my... That's my favorite that I've probably logged the most hours on. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I had this great time gaming all the way through high school. And then I went to college and I got busy somehow. And I got yeah. away from it. And I remember after I graduated, I had my first job. And I was like, I'm going to go buy whatever the like latest system is. And I got a GameCube. And uh, <laughs> I, I was just like... <laughs> I got, I got stuff to do. I, don't, I haven't been able yeah. to get back into it like I could before. Yeah. But now... I'm excited uh, because, you know, my kid's starting to get to the age where I could probably, like, show him some games. And so mm-hmm, I ordered yeah. I ordered one of the, like, NESs that they re-released yes. on Super Nintendo. Yes. So we're going to start with, like, Mario 1. I, I Honestly, your kid yeah. will probably like Street Fighter 2 on that. My yeah. kid loved it. <laughs> That's cool. Like, when, when he was, like, four or five years old, uh-huh. absolutely loved playing Street Fighter 2. He'd ask me all the time, yeah. can we play Street Fighter? Can we play Street Fighter? And what you do, here's the here's the thing. Like, you turn your handicap, like, <laughs> all the way down and his all the way up or, or uh-huh. vice versa or whatever to where he only has to hit you twice uh-huh. before you die. <laughs> and you'll get a lot better because you actually have to work right, for it. Right. And he doesn't. That's yeah. good. Yeah. You can really, yeah. really trounce him when you put it back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's something I'm, we're going to, I'm, I'm, like, thinking through. I'm like, okay, how do you introduce video games to him? Like, I'm so I'm like, yeah. I want him to start off with you know, eight bit simple. So yeah, so we're gonna, yeah, I'm going yeah. to dip my toe back into that here pretty soon. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Nice. Now the last one, this is the tough okay. one, but, um, what about life hack? It's tough. Uh, Mitch Myers, it's our example <laughs> that we always give. He turns the toaster on its side for some bomb ass grilled Ooh. cheese. Do you have any, Either profound or not profound life Gosh, hacks. Gosh, I was going to be like, go for a run. It'll give you a lot of energy and you'll sleep better. A lot of people say that, too. <laughs> yeah. um, Meditation is a big uh, life hack that yeah. we get. That's one that my, my wife suggests that I should do a lot, and I really never actually put much effort into trying. So maybe if you guys are saying it, too, that's Same. the world talking to me. Um, yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Like, I should get into it and see if it helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but that's, I guess that's what running is actually kind of my med- meditation, you know, yeah. in particular, yeah. like when I do a long run on, on Sunday morning where you kind of get to the flow state of not really paying attention to what you're doing and just kind of going, um, oh, I, gosh, I should have, I should have thought ahead a little bit on this one in terms of a more creative life hack than go get some exercise, <laughs> everybody. It'll really do so, you good. Yeah. So Sunday's your, your long run day yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, That's my, that's my long run Sunday day. Sunday morning. Well, how about in the world of running? Do you have a hack or, or <laughs> advice for people in the I, world I have, of running? I do running? have a new thing I've started using um, that a runner friend turned me on to called City Strides. Um, and basically okay. it 
it tracks in whatever city you're in what percentage of the streets you've run. So you kind of oh, see cool. this progress mm. and you get to see it on a map like of these are all the places that you've run. Um, and it, it kind of yeah. turns it into a game and it really encourages you to try some places you wouldn't normally run where I kind of would have That's my set really of like good idea. six yeah. things that I always do. And I'm like, okay, if I want to be in the woods, I go here and if it's blah, blah, blah. Um, but this is, I've actually seen some new parts of, of where I live just because I'm motivated to like try to increase my completion yeah. percentage a little bit. So That's what's cool. it called? it's called again? city strides, uh, city strides. It hooks into Strava. Um, and a couple other apps, Perfect. and it just like downloads your data there um, and and completes your map. And so it's a small project. I actually I, I donate um, five bucks a month to the developer because I think it's just like one person that made this thing, and it's kind of starting yeah. to get a little traction. So that's a, that's a good one that's if cool. you run. Check that out. That's super cool. All right, gamifying running. Yeah, that's my video game. There yeah. you go. <laughs> it's yeah. an app, yeah, and you have to I'm really run these apps, man. <laughs> Strava and all of these like uh, uh, couch to 5k mm-hmm. and uh, to- uh, what do you call them? The C25k apps mm-hmm. for all of that. It is gamifying it for yeah. sure. It helps you at least feel like you're trying to be accountable for it because your yeah. friends are on there too and you're giving each other kudos and whatnot. So yeah. it's like, you know. And it's also a little discouraging to see how fast silly <laughs> right. people are yeah. running. Right. Yeah. Don't too close. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you ran uh, 30 miles, uh, seven minutes a mile. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to stick with my, like, 13 yeah. minutes a mile it's, right yeah. now. You do so. you. 20-minute yeah. mile, baby, <laughs> right here. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's it for the MoGraph Recommends and for the show, for that matter. Nathan, thank you so much for being <laughs> yeah, on the you show. This is a lot it's of fun. very eye-opening. And it is a, a, a pleasure to meet you. I'm I'm very very excited you you came on. Well, thanks. You know? Thank you very much for inviting me, you guys. It's it's rad to be here, and I love talking about all this stuff. So if you've got if any other questions come up, hit me up. Let me know. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say that so, there's just so much to unpack with this AI yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, people want to check you out. It's NathanChipley.com. Uh, what about on all the social stuff? Um, on um, all of my, I post most of my images on, on Instagram and I'm uh, Nathan Shipley VFX. It's got underscores. So Nathan underscore Shipley underscore VFX. And then on Twitter, I am Citizen Plain. Um, and Twitter is where I post more <laughs> of kind of more experimental AI stuff where I'm on Instagram, I kind of explain it in a more general way where I'm like using AI to recreate a painting. And then on Twitter, right. the latest right. thing I was showing is uh, a new um, AI model called Clip uh, that this group called OpenAI released where it can match text with um, images. So they've trained it on basically like the whole internet to understand what image would go with particular text. And so mm-hmm. somebody hooked that up to another generative network, a GAN, um, and you can type something in yeah. and then have the GANs make an image based on that. So wow. I've like mm. got somewhere, you know, I had one, I, I was like a cloud made out of different things, like a cloud made out of eyeballs or water or uh, love, oh, like abstract cool. concepts even work. And you can use this thing to like sort Man. images, create data sets. So that, that stuff that's more of the like the hundred sided die stuff is more on Twitter. And then the Instagram is for the pretty pictures. So, yeah. 
Man, I can imagine like Jeez. you know once they get all that down and it's <laughs> streamlined, and you can you could even like integrate it into Amazon Echo. A picture, so you could just ask for things. Of a cloud made of dogs <laughs> in a blue sky. That's so cool. Yeah, and that's crazy. Yeah. I want to say I'm all alone on a dark highway, and there's this snake wearing a vest. Oh, we should do that one. I'm gonna write it down. Yeah, you know, like the like the peewee. It's the peewee. Oh thing. yeah, it's his dream he describes. <laughs> And she's like, what are your dreams? He's like, there's a snake wearing a... You should do Pee-wee's okay, dream. I'm on it. I'll- Pee-wee's dream. That's the name of it, too. Pee-wee's Perfect. dream. I, that, that is my one note that I've written. It says Pee-wee's oh, dream. You got you to tag us if okay. you do that one. I want to see it. that. That'd be cool. Sounds good. All that glitters um, is gold. <laughs> the, the other thing... So what this is, the same. this is related to another release. If people want to check this out on OpenAI, there's another thing they have called Dolly. D-A-L-L-E. So like Wally, but Dolly. Um, and mm-hmm. it's sort of the souped up version of this where they have samples on their site where you'll type like a baby daikon radish walking a dog or something. And then it has an illustration mm-hmm. that looks just like that and then 20 variations of it where it's it's doing cool. generative generating images from text. So that's very kind of like bleeding edge. And they haven't even actually released that one to the world, but... People are all excited to play about it. For now, we've got we've got clip mm. and different gans. So that's, that's on cool. Twitter, anyways. That's a whole that's a yeah. whole other ball of wax. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and everybody definitely check out uh, NathanShipley.com because, like, I I like that there's more in like the background on some of these things on your, yeah. your yeah, website yeah. more than just like viewing the images. A lot of a lot of AI stuff um, on there with some yeah. a few sentences about them. So. Cool. Well, thank you very much, guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah appreciate it. Uh, you can check us out on uh, all the things like iTunes. So you can leave a review on iTunes. That really helps get our ratings up, especially if you subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Subscribe to the newsletter. Finally went out this week. Hopefully yep. everybody got it and is checking out all the new fun things that are coming up pretty soon. Make sure you join us on Thursday this week and on Thursday next week as well. Lots of specials. Uh, you could say that you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. If you bought one of the t-shirts on our website, the MoGraph logo tee, the Paul Bab feel the Bab 2020 shirt, vintage, all the profits from <laughs> that go to Doctors Without Borders and the Render Things t-shirt hoodie and long sleeve tee. That is our best seller. Make sure you get that. It's going to be cold in the next couple of weeks in all of the U S. So make sure you get yourself that Render Things hoodie. I feel like Stay I've been nice hearing that for weeks and it's still hot here. It's because there's a slow-moving pocket of air that they can't calculate gotcha. that's moving down. The German model has uh, the panhandle of Texas hitting negative 24 next week. Yeah, So no we'll see. But that's happen. the German model, and you know how Germans are. Right? No. How are they? Jokes. I got jokes. <laughs> um, They're very serious. So, and, yes. Uh, uh, it's very serious. It's going to be – it's very calculated. It's very be calculated 24. and serious, yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's a joke in there somewhere. But uh, there's all these different models, uh, and so uh, apparently it's going to be super, 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 super cold here, which is like possibly records for Dallas. And so if that happens on the same day as my run, I'm going to (laughs) be... You'll feel great. Man. What could go wrong? Uh, Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, What shirts did I not go over yet? That render is fire shirt... Mm-hmm. Which you're only allowed to wear ironically. Unless you're shams. Unless you're shams. Yeah. And the MoGraph uh, graphic blandishment shirt. Get yep. that as well. 
That's it. Those are all the shirts. Does anybody buy the shirts? I don't even know. We I had a few people track. buy shirts, actually. Yeah. I was just looking at our bank account. You know? Oh, okay. We I sold, don't pay like, attention. three shirts. Because My brother-in-law bought a shirt the other day. <laughs> we don't said, really make any money off no. of those. So it's just kind of like, here's some shirts. So yeah. I never really pay attention to because most of them are at cost. Yeah. So check them out. It's just fun things <clears throat> that we put out there just so we can look cool and have <laughs> inside jokes on our shirts when we show up for yeah. like meetups and things. So. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be doing that again soon. In the meantime, check us out on all the social stuff, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, MoGraph.com. And that about wraps it up. Yeah. Thanks again. Yeah. Nathan, Thanks, Nathan. Shipley. We appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. And uh, we're going to get out of here. Until next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan. Have a good one. Later, yo. Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SIGGRAPH, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. Can you get that render done? Yeah, you better frame, frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous! Branch into new software, learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it! We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.